So we're going to have a think a little bit about that passage now. Uh, and the first thing we've got to think about is our number one question. We're thinking about God is with us for the world. But the problem is in our question, is that in our reading, is that Jesus went somewhere. So hands up, where did Jesus go? And you might even get a verse on the, on the board in a minute. Where did Jesus go? You're not allowed to answer because you've done this before, so you guys have to keep your hands down. Where did Jesus go in our reading? Anyone got that? You can have a look down at the words in the Bible in front of you if you like. Children, you're especially allowed to answer. There's no wrong answers here. Well, you know, there are. <laughs> so where did Jesus go in our reading? Naomi, where did he go? He went up to heaven. Thanks, Naomi. You were reading that in verse... Nine, after he said this, Jesus was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid, them, hid him from their sight. So how do you think the disciples felt, you know, after Easter, after, after Easter, Jesus died on the cross, he might be a bit sad. Then God's amazing perfect kingdom might not be happening. But then, after Jesus rose from the dead, you might be thinking, yes, amazing, Jesus is alive and God's kingdom must be coming. But now Jesus has left and they can't see him. He's hidden from their sight. So how do you think they're feeling now? Yeah, a bit sad. A bit lonely maybe. They knew that Jesus dying on the cross was his love, his great never stopping love to rescue them, to be with him. But now they can't see them. Have you ever been in a crowd as a child and got lost? Have you ever had this experience? Oh, I remember having that at an airport once, and it was pretty scary. When you're on your own and you can't see the people you love. Well, that's what the disciples would have felt like a bit. Where's Jesus gone? It's what we can feel like, isn't it? It's a bit confusing and scary, but good news to come. But before we get there, bats love caves? Jesus. Excellent. We'll do our second question. Our second question is, what did Jesus tell the disciples to do? Did you, did you see that? What did he tell them to do? Did you get that one? No, you're just brushing the hair. Yeah, that's good. Put the hand up and brush the hair. Yeah. Yeah, that's good over there. Very good brushing the hair. Yeah, yeah. What did Jesus tell the disciples to do? You can have a look at verse... With the, with the verse 8, I think it is, actually. Yeah. Go on, George. Brilliant. And then after that... What was, their, what was their instruction to do after that? That's absolutely spot on. Yeah, go on. To be his witnesses in, I think, if I got this right, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and... Oh, it's to the ends of the earth. Oh, look, there it is, right there. That's so good. To be his witness. Now, witnesses, that's a funny word, isn't it? To be a witness is someone who sees something and then tells people about it. When I was at school... A boy called Peter Evans, I should have changed his name, I've just realised, and I haven't, uh, for one reason or another, managed to find himself hanging outside a second floor window. He was hanging by his fingernails out of the window. And I saw uh, a boy called Tom grabbed him and pulled him back in through the window. He saved, Tom saved Peter's life to totally. We saw that. And guess what? We didn't tell anyone about it. Of course we didn't. We were the witnesses of what happened, and we told everyone. We told the, the matron, who was a bit cross. We told the housemaster, who was a bit cross. We told all our mates uh, uh, in the dining hall, who thought it was awesome. 
Uh, we told our, our parents, who were quite worried. We told everyone, because we were witnesses to the fact that Tom had saved Peter from falling out the window. And so Jesus is saying, actually, because I've died on the cross for your sins, and I've saved anyone who will trust in me, but you guys have seen that and you know it. So you go and be witnesses. You go and tell everyone. That's for the role that we've been given to do. And it doesn't matter whether it's in that town in Jerusalem or the surrounding area or even to the ends of the earth. And guess what? They obviously did that because we are the ends of the earth in Britain compared to those guys in Jerusalem. So they obviously did that, didn't they? It's brilliant. But it is a bit difficult, isn't it, when you're given an instruction and then you're just left on your own. Has anyone had that where mum or dad say, could you hoover the floor and then they leave? Uh, I could hoover it. Or I might not, I don't know. And then suddenly they're back and I haven't done it. It's difficult, isn't it? So let's see, what, has, what does Jesus give us to help us with it? Here's our third question. It is, who would Jesus send to help them? Have a look down at your Bible. Well done, you're getting the hang of it. Give them a chance, give them a chance. Have a look down at your Bible and say, who does Jesus promise that he's going to send to be with them when they do that? Can you see that? Have a look down at my Bible. It says, you will receive something. The Holy Spirit. Oh, Naomi, that's brilliant. Is that what you were going to say? Well done. It says in verse 8, you, uh, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit, that's God himself, comes on you, and so you will be my witnesses to the end of the earth. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So the Holy Spirit is God himself. Uh, and Jesus sends him, God the Son sends him, to come on us and to be with us, not just for the sake of it, but to empower us to be his witnesses. If we trust in Jesus and we're rescued by God because of Jesus dying on the cross, his great never-stopping love, then we're also joined by God when the Holy Spirit comes to empower us to be his witnesses. So here's what that's like. Does anyone know what this is? Megaphone. It's a megaphone. Now, I don't know about you, but I often feel as a Christian, when I'm thinking about telling people about how brilliant Jesus is, I feel like a bloke standing with a pink megaphone. <laughs> it's a funny look, isn't it? And you're sort of toying it, you're like, oh my goodness, yeah, oh, Jesus is great. Jesus is brilliant. I just, I don't even know how to work this. I feel like I haven't got enough training. But the good news is, is God knows that. He knows that we don't feel up to it and we feel weird about it and we can't see Jesus to be with us. So he comes and he's with us. And what he does is he sends the Holy Spirit to be that power that enables us to make some noise for Jesus. It worked. I'm so convinced this wasn't going to work today. It's not brilliant. It's absolutely super. And so actually, we... Oh, you don't really need that, do you? We don't need... We don't need to be brilliant. We don't need to be with other people. We've got God with us, and that's a comfort on its own. But we've got God with us for an amazing purpose that is the Holy Spirit to empower us to be witnesses, to tell people about what we know about how wonderful Jesus is and how he saved us. Let's put that over there. That's going to be a distraction now, isn't it? I bet. So... 
Uh, this is good news, isn't it? Bats love caves? Much quicker. Well, if we trust in Jesus, he sends his Holy Spirit to be with us and God is with us to give us power and to help us to thrive and tell the world about Jesus. So no matter how small or young or weak or old or ill or left out you are, you are never alone, but you always have the Holy Spirit with you and the power, all the power that you can possibly need to tell people about Jesus. So here's some examples. Maybe you are uh, in the office or you're in the sports pitch and you don't get your way or uh, you get left out of the team. Now, you could at this point have a tantrum, couldn't you? You could throw all your toys out the pram. You could have a a sad cry on the corner of the pitch. uh, Or you could do something different. You could say, God, I know that you're with me. And that's a real comfort that you're here. And you speak to him and you say, please help me with this. I'm not alone. You're, thank you that you saved me to be on your team, to be working in your best office. You love me and you are with me and you are going to give me everything I need to witness to my teammates and my office mates. You might still be a little bit sad, but you might be able then to cheer them on or to encourage them and say, well done. And I'll tell you what, that makes a big difference when people see that. And they might say, why are you so different? Well, that's just because I know Jesus. Playground or office, mean words hurt and we feel alone and we want to scream, I hate you, or go away, or never speak to them again. But if we pray, we might just be able to forgive them in God's power, mightn't we, with the Holy Spirit, and then speak to them about how we've been forgiven. Or maybe you're feeling, uh, you're in bed at night and you're feeling really scared. Obviously, I never get scared of the dark, I find it really helps. Do I just, I cower in my bed or do I remember? No, no, no. God is with me and he has given me his Holy Spirit. There is no one or nothing more powerful than the Spirit of God that created even the stars in the sky. So I don't need to be afraid because I know he's with me. And I know that he will give me everything I need to be brave here so I can get to sleep. And I can be up in the morning to do, his, to do his will, to be a witness to people. Or maybe you're in bed actually feeling ill and weak and alone. Maybe you're just stuck under a fog of depression. Maybe that might be the difference here, might be remembering that God is with you and so actually being under the duvet with your Bible or listening to the Bible or having someone on the phone speak the Bible to you reminds you that God is with me. He is more powerful than any weakness or or sadness that I have. And that's going to help me to praise my way through this, to seek out God and to keep celebrating Jesus, because I know that God has given me good news that Jesus has saved me and wants to save everyone. And that gladdens my heart. Even when there's no hope of high-powered doctors or nurses or, or things just can't be done, I know that in the Spirit's power, he can do loads. Some of us will have read in the newspapers that really tragic story about Molly Russell. Anyone read that? That is so sad, isn't it? What an awful thing. I wish that she'd been able to hear that God was with her. I wish she'd been able to hear God's spirit, God's life-giving spirit whispering his love and filling her with the power to carry on, speaking to her about that gospel, rather than 
all that life-sucking content she was viewing on social media. Wouldn't that have been brilliant? And so we at Emmanuel, you might feel like you're not equipped. I just, I want to do evangelism. I know that I should be doing, telling people about Jesus, but I just don't feel up to it. I can't do it. These people are so weird. In here, let alone out there. Well, the good news is, is you are equipped. Not because you've been to a great speaking course, or not because you're a perfect person, but because you have got the Spirit of God with you. And there is nothing or no one more powerful than that. Isn't that brilliant? He will enable us to thrive and to be witnesses to the world. Good news. Trusting in Jesus means you're never alone, never short of power or help to show everyone the light of Christ, even your own heart. With Jesus, God is with you for the world. Who is that snoring? Well done, everyone. Right, here we go. Our final song is a reminder that when we look around and when we look back in history, we're reminded that our Father in heaven is good and faithful. He keeps supplying everything that we need just daily, let alone the Holy Spirit. Great is his faithfulness. So let's stand and sing together.